Hello and welcome to the third episode in my podcast series. This week I've been lucky enough to speak with Paige Farler, a writer, editor and self-described bookish babe. We discuss motherhood, what it means to be black, addressing race and stereotypes, infidelity and forgiveness, conscious coupling, mental health and therapy. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy. How's, how's pregnancy? How's mummy life? Stressful. So stressful. You sound like you're chopping food. What are you doing? Um, no, I'm literally just readjusting myself on my desk. I see. Yeah, pregnancy is actually like, completely different every time around like I wasn't expecting having one baby to feel this terrible well you I had only... you had twins in the past and I don't know I don't want to say that was a smooth pregnancy for you you're always pregnant during the summer <laughs> I don't even plan it I don't even know what happened but honestly like I thought when I had twins that was literally like the worst pregnancy I'd ever have I thought if I was to have one baby it would probably feel half as bad as I did when I felt when I was pregnant with the twins but honestly it's terrible regardless and you have to applaud pregnant women especially pregnant women in the summer oh stress do you see yourself having another baby after this do you want to reveal the sex to us now I'm joking I don't know if you should ask me this question while I'm still pregnant because when you're going through like everything that you're going through when you're pregnant you I don't know about other pregnant women but I'm literally saying I'm never doing this again but um yeah maybe maybe after a couple of months when I forget everything forget how painful it is I might consider having another one but yeah um I'm having a girl which is fine to say but yeah. And you already know. have two twin girls. Yeah, it's going to be a crazy household. I'm just, it's the whole delivery for me because this is your first time actually pushing, isn't it? Because before you had a, a cesarean, which is quite common when delivering twins nowadays, isn't it really? Um, yeah. But you're actually pushing. How, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about popping your baby? I'm so anxious about it. So I'm literally just trying to educate myself as much as possible and trying to calm down my anxiety about it. But I'm not going to lie to you, the thought of pushing, I don't like pain. I don't like discomfort. I can barely deal with my period. So I don't even know. I don't even know what to expect. That's the worst part because there's some women that have really great births and even some women that orgasm during their birth. So, you know, it could go any kind of way so I don't know what to I don't know what to expect all I know is that I can just you know make myself feel as relaxed as possible and calm down any anxiety that I feel towards the giving birth process that's the only thing I have control over so that's what I'm going to focus on really I'm scared I'm obviously not ready obviously not ready for children yet but i would definitely be getting a c-section or having an epidural and lots of gas and air but i think the thing with c-sections as well is you have to bear you have to like bear in mind the recovery process and it's obviously it's different 
for everyone. I think with the C-section I had with the twins, I recovered pretty quickly, but it was still really, really intense and painful. And when you're in pain like that and you have to take care of a newborn, it makes it harder. So um, I, it is technically the easier route, but the recovery and the possible complications after the C-section is what makes me side-eye it again the second time around. So um, sometimes I look at it like, Obviously, I had to have a C-section with the twins because they were lying sideways. There was no way I could give birth. But I feel like at the same time, I also got really lucky and had good surgeons and stuff. And I just don't know if I'd be that lucky a second time around. So that's why I opted for pushing. Because even though, again, it could go any way, you're more in control of that situation because you're the one that's pushing. I did see you. I came to your house to to meet your twins (laughs) I think yeah. it was t- it was either two or three days after they were delivered, and you answered <laughs> the door with one on each shoulder, acting <laughs> like you were in this magical mother bubble of love, and you were not. You didn't even talk about the pain. You just seemed like you were just straight in there. You knew what you were doing, and you were so calm and relaxed with it. You knew exactly what they wanted, and they were tiny and adorable. Now they are little shits. <laughs> Yeah, Um, honestly, they're nightmares now, little terrors. Because they've grown up. Yeah. They go go to school next year, so that does give you some more time to focus on baby three, which is coming in, like, two months or less. Um, Yeah. It gives you time to focus on that while they're out of the house, you know, for a couple of hours every single day, which can obviously be a lifesaver. But would your advice be to anyone else your age, Put use protection? Yes, I tweet about it often, but definitely use protection. And I, it's a joke. I, honestly, what I would say is becoming a parent is more than what you think it is. Like, it's honestly, there's so much things to consider. You're literally raising like little people and everyone always talks about how they need to be financially stable or you know they need to be in a secure relationship and yes those things are important but it's also just remembering that you yourself as an individual you're navigating life and you're trying to figure things out and then you have to teach a little human to do the same thing and it's not to say that if you don't have everything together like in all aspects of your life not to have children but you should definitely consider that you're not just going to be you know making mistakes on your own you're going to be making mistakes with a little person watching you and you don't know what those mistakes could do to them in the future could be trauma for them it could be you know something that uh makes them develop low self-esteem or it could be anything so definitely be mindful and use protection at all costs if you're not ready (laughs) to deal with all of that I do yeah I can I can kind of agree with that I I feel like personally for me I have been on a it sounds so cringe calling it a self-love journey but I'm gonna call it that (laughs) that's not cringe (laughs) even though you've known me for 10 years and you know I I do love myself but Mm -hmm. it's about fixing um toxic patterns toxic behavioral patterns um toxic emotional attachment issues that you may have and just I feel like I need to better myself and really look inwards um and acknowledge you know 
some of my toxic traits before I have children in order to break that cycle because I wouldn't want to raise my children to possibly feel the way that I felt sometimes or or to have issues in the future I want to be a really really good parent so yeah I've been to therapy bitches no I'm kidding (laughs) I, I have I have been to therapy and I enjoyed it I think therapy is is good for for mostly everyone I think it's good to have somebody outside of your life that's not attached to your friends and family that you can talk to and I don't want to say unload because you know dropping your issues on someone but it's nice to talk to someone um and to step back and step away from your life and to kind of reevaluate and assess your needs how you're treating others um I don't know anxieties that you may have mm-hmm. to kind of just offload and to really look at all the aspects in your life and the person that you are and how you can become better it's true because general generational curses sorry are real and it, it's a real eye-opener when you become a mother, yeah. especially or a parent, because you start to see that you're mirroring things that you witnessed growing up, maybe like some bad habits or toxic habits that your parents had. You find yourself doing the things that hurt you to others, especially your kids. So it's definitely great and beneficial to be going therapy because I've started my journey with therapy and... Honestly, it's made me take a really hard look at myself and like my and where my, you know, just how I think about myself and think about my life and the people around me and where that came from and just my behavioural, like negative behavioural patterns, where they came from as well. And just trying to fix it now, especially because since the kids are two and they're going to be turning three soon, um, time goes so fast with this whole parenting thing. So... I don't want them to get to six, seven and start to become really aware of the things that I'm doing and then be hurt by it and internalise that and then project that when they're older negatively to other people or to themselves. Like, I just want them to just have a better childhood than what I did. Yeah. I'm also, I guess I'm, when it comes to like choosing someone that is going to be like the parent to my kids as well, I guess that's something I'm kind of fussy about. I want to choose a man that's going to be like a really good father, even if we break up, because I want my children to have two healthy parents that they can rely on for emotional support, as well as like, you know, um, other things. So I guess I want to, you know, look at my emotional relate, not my emotional relationships, romantic relationships and see the types of guys I've been going for the types of guys that are attracted to me um and would I really have wanted any of those people to be like the father of my children with you know their personality traits and how they treat others how they give and receive um give and reciprocate emotions probably not no so I think healthy parents and like making sure that you choose someone to be the parent to your child is a must because I know a lot of women obviously you didn't do this your children have been planned um Mm. but some women I don't want to say women because I know there are men that will trap women as well and be poking holes in in condoms and whatever and Mm -hmm. giving you smarties instead of you know your your daily (laughs) pill but some people I'm going to say some people will trap 
another person into having a baby and that person may not be a healthy person to have a child with but you just want to keep that person in your life forever be bound to them have them see you and try and make them love you a child will not force a man to love you at one point in my life when I was younger I was like I can't watch Jeremy Kyle anymore um because there were just so many stupid people having kids and I feel like children deserve to have the best start in life that you can give them as possible. And I think choosing someone that's a shit parent is just knowingly anyway, like it's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's true. I think about that a lot. I, I think about how lucky I got, like I wasn't thinking about my partner as someone uh, who could be a good parent. I know that sounds really bad, but at the time, like, even though we planned to have children and we weren't, we were, like, actively not using protection, like, whatever happens, happens. I didn't think the way I th- I think now. And if I could go back in time, I would actually talk to 24-year-old me because, obviously, like I said, I got lucky, but it could have been really bad. It could have been a situation where our relationship fizzled out and with him not wanting to be with me, he's also been distant to the kids and also been inconsistent with them and not have been present in their lives and stuff. But yeah, like it's, it's a hard one as well because how do you really know how someone is going to be as a parent? Because even me, like I always wanted kids, but I didn't know if I was going to be a good mum. And also with parenting, it's not it's not always something that comes naturally to us. It's not something that we make a lot of mistakes and we're going to make a lot of mistakes because we don't know what the hell we're doing. Like every single day is literally an experiment. New challenges. New challenges. You have no idea what what the kid's going to do. Like the other day, Araya, she pulled out Kyla's hair, left a bold patch near her hairline. Like she bit her arm today at nursery like it's not obviously these are normal behaviors for toddlers but now I have to sit back and ask myself how do I communicate to a child that's struggling with her emotions not to do that when you're angry I don't know how to I don't know how to communicate to someone (laughs) who doesn't understand and it's just a struggle like there's you can read as many blogs or books or watch YouTube videos or whatever about parenting. But until you're in the situation yourself, you have no idea what kind of parent you're going to be. Yeah. So it's always a risk, even with yourself. This is so true. This yeah. is so, so true. Would you say that before the, um, you settled down, you were dating for marriage or just dating to have fun? Or were you looking to find your life partner? I was definitely not looking, Evan. You know my dating history. (laughs) That was a mess. Like, I was definitely not looking. I would say, you know what? I would say I was looking for companionship and looking for affection. But that was more to do with my daddy issues. It wasn't... Oh it, my God. it wasn't really yeah that it wasn't word, really bad. i hate that word i hate it. i know i don't like it as well it's so overused and it's so like it, okay i think the better word maybe to use was maybe abandonment issues because i wanted yeah. someone there but i didn't know why and i wasn't really i was actually scared to commit myself 
which was really funny because I was scared of the person leaving, but I, me, myself, I was scared of commitment. But, like, I don't think I was dating to settle down yet. I didn't trust men. I still think men are trash. So it's just, like... Bro, how can you say that and you have a whole ass <laughs> husband in your house and a baby on the way, third baby on the way by him. He impregnated you with twins and you're looking to have more kids with him. That's your whole ass baby daddy. And you're out here saying with your chest, men are trash. Wow. Men are scary. I tweet all the time, men are scary. You never know. Obviously, you never know what, what anyone's going to do, but... I don't know. I've just seen a lot of of men do scary stuff to women and do scary stuff to their partners. This like, is true. I just, I'm scared of men. I think as much as you hate the word daddy issues, I have daddy issues. I have, I have issues with trusting men in general. And I think that just because I'm in a relationship with a man and I'm raising a family with one and I'm living with one. It still doesn't stop me from side-eyeing men. Like, I hate them. But obviously, this when I say this, I'm, I don't mean I actually hate them. I mean, I hate the stuff that men can do to women. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. So, with your dating history, what have you learned before before you settled down? What did you learn from your previous relationships? I'm not going to say any names. Um, <laughs> I'm not exposing names on here, but... I, I have yeah. met... I, I, I did meet one of your exes. <laughs> yes. We, we won't go into that. But um, what did you learn? Um, I learned that... <sighs> I learned quite a few things. I don't even know how to summarise, but I think one of the main things I learned was um, love yourself. (laughs) Love yourself. Because if I had loved myself, I wouldn't have put myself in the situations that I did because I put myself in those situations to make myself feel valued and to make myself feel validated. And I put up with things that I wouldn't... I would tell my friends not to put up with because... I just wanted to feel some sort of validation, like he wants me, even though I knew it wasn't real. So I would say, love. I would love myself more and know that it's okay to be single. It's okay to be alone. I think I got triggered once when a friend said to me, oh, Paige, you've never been in a real relationship. You've only had like situationships and talking stages. I got so triggered. I tried to force relationships to happen before I was even ready because I felt like I needed to prove to people that I could also be in a relationship. I could be valued. I could have a man want me and want to be with me. Yeah. When really I was, I was literally just stopping myself from you know, finding what it is I truly deserved because I was settling for things that were just bottom barrel, like things you shouldn't have to deal with. What was the most shocking thing that happened to you in one of your previous relationships? What's the most shocking lie you've been told by a guy? Well, I know this is a song that a lot of women sing, but... (gasps) I actually had... I love how you said that. I love how you said that. I literally had a guy have a whole relationship with me for almost a year while he had a pregnant woman, I say wife, but she wasn't wife, she was girlfriend, girlfriend, sorry, at home. He had me over the house and everything and there were no traces of her. Like she wasn't there 
um, his cousin, who was also my close friend at the time, knew and didn't tell me. So she just let me fall for a guy who had a whole girlfriend and a whole baby on the way. And it was really traumatic for me because I don't like... I feel like I've had a lot of people lie to me in my life and it literally triggers me when I get lied to and deceived to that extent because there was a lot of work that had to go um, behind him doing what he did. So I would say that was the wildest thing that had ever happened. When... I completely agree with you. I feel like it would be traumatising for most people. I mean, you go to his house, he hides all of his baby mama's stuff. And the fact that you're sticking your penis in another woman whilst your <laughs> your wife is pregnant and you're forcing you're forcing roles on people as I don't want to call you a side chick because you weren't. I um, was a side chick though. We have to say a, it how it was. I was a side chick. I just didn't know. <laughs> it's a sticky one. Um <laughs> I don't I don't like the forcing of, you know, roles on people. I genuinely think he's a psychopath. I mean, he's gone on to have more kids with her. And the funny thing is, obviously, I, I've met this guy, haven't I? Yeah. He stayed at my yeah. house. Yeah. He stayed at my house in Tufnell Park. Um, the, uh, the worst part was that the after girlfriend, out... The girlfriend... Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm going into gay. <laughs> The girlfriend knew what knows what he's like and she's used to his behaviour and it was nothing to her. She was so like Blase. you know what no, she was so calm on the phone, but come on, like she was like she was like thirty plus weeks pregnant. She was as pregnant as I am now and she's finding out all this information about her partner. Like, if you're in her situation, what would you do? Like me now, if I think about it, if I was in that situation, I don't think I could leave. Third trimester, could you yeah. leave? What, what, what you would, could, I, I couldn't. What would be going through your mind? Mate, uh, the way my hormones are set up right now as well, I would be raging. I would literally be raging. I think I would want him to leave, but at the end of the day, you need that support. And it's kind of hard. And plus, there's also the whole emotional side of it. Like, you love this person. And he lied. Bearing in mind, he did tell her he only slept with me once. And also, he told her he's never going to speak to me again, but would drive to my house and beg me to stay with him and say, just until the baby is born, I can't leave her right now because she's really stressed with the pregnancy. But as soon as the baby is born, I'm going to leave her. Please don't go. Why would you want? Why why would you want to be with a man that is willing to walk out on his pregnant girlfriend exactly. in the if first place? If he's going to do that to her, he's definitely going to do it to me. Secondly, he's just trash. Like he wasn't a nice person, and this is the thing. Like I knew he wasn't a nice person, and it goes back to what I was saying about loving myself because I clocked from a very long time ago, like when we first started dating, that he was just not a nice person. And I watch how people treat other people that have no, uh, that have nothing to do with them, that they don't need anything from, or do you know what I mean? Like yeah. maybe just, you know, a random stranger, like or a hobo, or I don't know, or a cleaner. But I watch how you treat other people, not just people in your life or in your inner circle. And he just wasn't a nice person. Why do, you, why do you think his cousin, because I met this girl as well at one mm. point, um, she liked to drive around and play like bashment from her car like twenty four seven, didn't she? Full blast. 
Um, <laughs> why did this girl snake you out like that? I I look at the situation and I see it as you have to choose between family, the family and friend. So even though I get it, like your cousin's telling you not to say anything because that's what he said to me. He told me that he told her not to say anything, and she told me she didn't she didn't know anything about it. It's like, who are you really gonna choose? Are you gonna go? Are you gonna go against your cousin, or are you gonna, you know, help out your friend? How how did you cut her off in the end? Because you two must you this this all happened in what two thousand and thirteen fourteen. Uh, yeah, I think it was uh, 2013 or 14. Um, I literally just blocked her. I didn't even give her a chance to explain. I screenshotted what he said because she told me she knew nothing about it. But I went and asked him if she did. And he, he said, yeah, I told her not to tell you. And I sent it to her after she lied. And then I just blocked her. And I was just, I don't have time for it. I understand you were in a weird like situation. But at the end of the day, you could have just said something to me. Like, I could have just, like, cut him off. Double betrayal, basically. Yeah, it just it just felt, like, unnecessary. Like, why... I didn't need to go through that because he already had someone. He's a like, whole-ass dog because, yeah, that that's my worst nightmare. And the fact that his girlfriend just accepts his behaviour... Um, and allows... But it's hard. It's hard to say that now. Now that I've been in a relationship for for five years, basically, almost five years, I don't think I would leave. And I know that sounds bad because I literally was, like, the person who would say, like, if a guy cheats on you, leave, leave, leave. Like, do you know what I mean? But I think you have to think about what you're really leaving. It's not just the man. You're leaving... A family. family. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's kids involved. Like, I think you really have to think about it. But when it comes to the situation with this guy, it's it's harder because he continued to lie when he got caught. And I don't know if he was really sorry because he did tell me that he he just wanted both. So, and he did actively continue to pursue me after she found out. So... I don't know, with that situation, that's that's really disrespectful. But if it was, like, you caught your partner cheating and, you know, you're pregnant or you have kids or whatever, I wouldn't just say leave straight away. I'm not saying to stay, like, no way. No woman should put up with that. But it's not easy to just be like, oh, yeah, just go, just leave. Because you're really starting your life again from scratch and then you have to you have to do it with the kids. I, I, I feel like... Um... I don't want to say upbringing may play a role in our uh, outlook on this topic, but because I'm from a divorced family and my parents divorced when I was like, they separated when I was like four, three years old. Three years old. I would say three years old because I remember my fourth birthday, they were separated and I was very happy. I was, yeah. Um, I was happy. So... The way and I saw the good job my mum did at raising me um, as a single parent, and we didn't have any family around in the area that we lived. So, with childcare and with just trying to give us, I would say, a better life than we had before in those early years when when we moved out of London, I would say that it is possible. And for me, I'm I think I'm 
different to you in that sense because I have a problem where as soon as I see a red flag or I feel I'm not being treated in the way that I should be by a romantic partner, I tend to up and leave very quickly because I've seen my mum do it and I know I can move on and find somebody that will. I would be scared to become a single mother. It's not something that I would want for myself. I know that it's possible to really succeed in life and be one. Yeah, it is, 100%. But I just, for me, it's like any type of disrespect. I obviously have, I'm not going to say I've been through what you've been through in your past with the dating experience, but when you said he asked me what's wrong with him having both, I, I did get cheated on and I was in a situation with someone that screamed down the phone at me, like, what's wrong with me not having both of you and I got very very angry about it you know who I'm talking about we're not going to say his name no Uh. no names today but um (laughs) I got very angry about it and that was the last time I spoke to him I thought fuck you (laughs) do you know what I mean and I thought I'm not having that that's absolutely and I I think it's it's narcissistic behavior if you haven't listened to my first episode with HG Tudor from Knowing the Narcissist on narcissism check it out because I do think men that lie and hide double lives are narcissists and you know they're cheating and they're having sex with other women that shows zero empathy for either person that they're with it's true it's true and I do agree with you about um, uh, being a single mother because I was raised by a single mom. And in all honesty, it is possible. And the whole not putting up with any sort of disrespect or red flags cropping up from the beginning, you're out, definitely 100%. I just think that if you've put in a few years into a relationship and the They person... threw it away when they stuck their willy in someone else. They, then, they ended it then and there. Of course, of course. Like, even in the Bible, it says that that is a valid reason to divorce someone. I am not in any way, shape or form saying that you should that you should stay in a relationship because the person cheated. I just think that if it's a situation where the person is genuinely sorry and they are trying to work towards being a better partner towards you, I would say just hear them out just not obviously if it's a situation that you you feel like no i'm i'm not going to tolerate this or whatever you're you're in your right to leave and never get back with the person again but when there's kids involved and it just gets very messy it's not a clean cut and i always say this it's like it's so much easier if you have no ties to each other and this happens yeah if you have you don't have a house together or you don't rent a place together and you don't have kids like when there's nothing tying you to the person you could just easily just snip them out of your life and get on with it like obviously it's not going to happen that easy you're going to obviously feel pain or whatever and just be hurt but like you can just move on you can find it it's easier to move on but imagine you have kids for this guy and you look at the kids every day they look just like him he wants to see them like on the weekend or something or he wants to find a way for you guys to healthily co-parent you guys rent a place together you guys split like money on furniture and think about how much stuff you actually have to like break up with it's not just breaking up with him you have to break up with your house you have to break up with the bills everything it's just so much stress I just don't know if I could trust someone because 
if they were going to come home late, I'd be like, are they lying to me again? Yeah. Like, it would That's send me call. insane. So for yeah. my own... I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I look at life in a very spiritual way. And mm. I think those types of... I don't want to... I wouldn't wish it upon anybody. Getting cheated on is, is horrible. But I think oh, certain lessons in life make us so much stronger and you can do it on your own. Do you see what I mean? Um, you can. It, you, it's true, you can. It took me, I would say, two years to get over that whole situation. And I wasn't even the one getting cheated on. I was the side chick. It took me two years to to finally like deal with that situation because obviously I had trust issues from the beginning based off like just the things I had witnessed growing up and just me as a person so that to me just made me very scared of men it made me very scared of liking someone and even though like I said me liking him was based off you know validation for myself there were still feelings there so it was really really hard for me so I couldn't even imagine having to deal with what you know his girlfriend dealt with you know having to learn to trust him have his child live with him like must have been really really difficult I personally don't think him like after meeting him feeling his vibe I swear I said to you in the past like his character is off key there's something yeah you're really good at this whole picking up on someone's vibe thing like (laughs) you did I'm a triple water sign Pisces sun Scorpio moon cancer rising I feel the vibes do you see what I mean I can read people (laughs) um sometimes I feel I've learned recently like you need to trust your gut and I need to trust my intuition more um Mm -hmm. instead of ignoring it and then being upset or hurt like uh, I was right that that type of thing there was one funny story from years ago with one guy that still pops up to you now that was telling whole ass lies but they were funny to me the lies that he was telling you you they were weird lies very weird lies he said he had a child but he didn't say the child's name say the child's name say the child's name I think it was Mercedes it was it was. How can really? you come? I remember he lied about it was her first birthday and all of this. A really yeah, elaborate it was very line. elaborate. Very detailed for no reason. He should have gone into creative writing and instead of like trying to, <laughs> trying to manipulate you and tug at your heartstrings, he should have gone into that. that yeah, he was very weird. He was a very strange one. Are you raising your children like... How do I word this? What I'm, what am I trying to say with this? Have you, you know, with the types of education that you're giving your children, books wise, are you doing like multicultural learning and like diversity type of stuff? Because I know that that's been really a topic of discussion in the news. It's been quite a current affairs topic, with you know, people raising their children to like. I don't want to say not see race, but to to just introduce them to new different cultures at a younger age. I mean, I grew up in London until the age of six and I Mm. went to a very, very diverse school. I remember seeing sushi for the first time, coming home and telling my mum about sushi, but I didn't know what it was or how to explain it. I was like an alien, but I, yeah, I grew up in a very, very diverse part of Southeast London at the time. Um, Are you, are you giving them those types of books? Are you, how... Yeah. Are you worried to... Yeah. You know what I'm trying to say. 
Well, um, at the moment, I'm literally just trying to get them to <laughs> to learn words and the alphabet and stuff like that. So I've never really thought about it like that with the whole multicultural thing. I guess because I've grown up in London, like, my whole life, and I've just always... I was just exposed to that growing up, like, just different cultures and stuff. I, I would... I don't know. I guess the most important thing for me, especially me being Congolese and stuff and um, their father being Jamaican, I think the most important thing for me is for them to understand their cultures, like the cultures that they're from as well. Like, because I find it really hard to understand a lot from Congolese culture because I don't think I grew up in it. And I feel like I have a real, like, identity crisis when it comes to that. So I'm trying to educate myself when it comes to my own culture. And I want my children to also know where they're from. Um, And I don't want them to be, like, just swaying towards one side more than the other. I just want them to embrace both their African and Caribbean heritage. Um, But when it comes to other cultures and stuff, definitely I'll be open to doing that as they get older. And I think it's so important for them to like know about other people's cultures and to be respectful about it as well. Because uh, I remember in school, a lot of people had a lot to say about African culture and had a lot to... Uh, had had a lot of negative things to say about it. it was like being African was wasn't a problem. cool. It wasn't cool. It wasn't cool. Like being Caribbean was great, but if you were African, oh my god, like just what they just saw poverty and embarrassment, basically. But the thing is, though, a lot of parts of Africa are not like that. You go to certain places <laughs> in Nigeria, and it's very Westernized, and business is booming. So, but that's the thing as well. I don't like the fact that people feel the need to like. I saw like on social media, people be like, "We'll show pictures of like, like really modern like complexes in apartment complex complexes in like Africa, and be like, this is the Africa they don't show you." So what if like there's pictures of people in Africa like in the village? That's their that's their culture. Like it shouldn't be seen as something where if they're not if it doesn't look modern westernized or just pretty that there's something wrong with it like that i i think obviously it's great that there's places like that and it's great that there's uh, businesses booming in africa and stuff but i also find that seeing like women in the villages or seeing you know people living in just living in houses that are not so like you know pretty to to what other people think pretty houses look like is okay as well and just not having to be ashamed of where we come from and it's just it's just really hard because I get really scared that sometimes my kids will grow up and just favor their Caribbean side more and not really tell people that they're African just because of what I've seen growing up do you know what pisses me off one thing that pisses me off when white tourists or white volunteers or whatever will go to a little African village and they get all the kids around them and they take selfies and they put them up. Like, it just, I don't know, something about it just makes me feel very uncomfortable. I don't yeah. know if I'm being extra, but I just feel very, very uncomfortable um, with that sometimes. You know when they go and they're just like, there's loads of like black kids around them and they take like selfies with them and stuff. And it just, I don't know, some, sometimes it makes me itch when I see people doing this. 
Yeah, I feel like just people going to Africa in general, like, sometimes I feel like, are their intentions to really help people out there or is it to is it for them? Because people are really opportunists. Op, opp, is it opportunists? Yeah, they're opportunists when they go out to Africa. Uh, they they go out for themselves, really. Like, even I would say some of my family members, when they go back home, it's because they know that they can make more money out there selling certain things that they get from, you know, from here and stuff. From and, no, yeah, and it, and it hurts me because it's like, especially with Congo, knowing just the potential it has as a country. And I just feel like people just keep taking advantage of of them out there like people out there it's government corruption to the highest degree and it's just like obviously i need to educate myself more in it because i'm not going to sit here and talk like i really know what's going out going on out there but like i just feel like it's i just don't get good vibes from people that are just going back home to to build businesses or like just go back home to do certain things i just don't feel like it's really beneficial to the people that live there can i ask I you a question What's the question? When you look at a black person in the UK, well, actually, let's just say in general, can you yeah. tell where they're from? As in, can you tell when someone's Cari- from the Caribbean? Or yeah. can you tell when they're from Africa? And I always feel like I can tell African Americans. I can tell when a, someone is from America by their life. I don't know what it is about African Americans. They look so different, but they look the same. I don't know if it's like, obviously, if I see that the background of a house or something and they're saying, I'm like, that's an American house. You're definitely from America. Yeah. Um, but when you well. met me, okay, when you yeah. first laid eyes on me 10 years ago, this September, so our anniversary, um, <laughs> did you think, what, did you think where I know where this girl's from or what were your, let's talk about your first impressions of me because this leads on to my next topic. What were your first impressions of me when you met me, Paige? <laughs> I, I remember um I went with my sister to the college to the induction day and uh I was looking around the classroom and there was barely any black people and it's it's sad to say that that's what I did I used to because I moved around a lot I used to go to loads of different schools so every time I'd go into a new classroom I would scan and look for the black people because obviously that's the people that I felt like I'd relate to the most so I was saying to my sister oh I don't know anyone in this class who am I who am I going to chill with and she pointed at you she's like oh what about her and then I was like oh no she looks like a white girl well, you were black, but obviously yeah. I was just like, oh, she's like one of those black white girls. And that's what I was thinking. Obviously, now I know that I've obviously now I know that's that's not true, first of all. And secondly, being a black being black doesn't have a specific description. You don't have to be a certain way or act a certain way to be to be black. But obviously at the time I was what, seventeen? And that's what I thought. So, yeah, that was my first impression of you. I I don't think I really thought about where you were from, but I think I thought you were Caribbean. I think. I, I met, didn't think you were African. I met a Sierra Leonean Uber driver the other day, and he knew I was from Sierra Leone, even though my first name is Nigerian. Oh, really? Yeah, I was like, oh, my God, that's Sometimes so you just know your people. I think that's true. We had a really nice chat. <laughs> anyway, back to this. back to this topic. Um, yeah. I would love to remember how I dressed on that first day and I can't think of what I would have been wearing. 
I can't can't remember what you were wearing, but it was just, I just got this vibe. I felt like from from the vibe I got from the way you dressed and just your mannerisms and everything, I just didn't expect us to get along. Mm, this is and interesting. This is 17-year-old Paige who obviously like like I've said to you before I really believe that it depends on like where you grew up in London like some people genuinely believe that you know it there's a certain type of black person that that proves that you're black because even my partner said to me he grew up in uh South London he said to me that he saw me as one of those black white girls I grew up in Harrow and I was like, what? I was so offended. But like, if you hear how he grew up and if you if you hear about the kind of black girls that he saw every, every day, I wasn't the same as them. So he just he just kind of categorized me as a different alternative yeah. black. I do think when because I know a lot of black people, I'd say that they used to do that a lot. And it's something that I've suffered from. I know people will say, oh, there's this vibe about you. Um, What's it called again? Like a white, a white person vibe or whatever. Obviously, I grew up in Hertfordshire, I guess. I I think my school was a bit multicultural because we, we did have like black people there, Asian people, Indian people. Um... There was like, how many black people were in my class? Three black people. My best friend at school was black. Um, I didn't, uh, yeah, two of my best friends at school were black. Um, I didn't feel, you know, left out of in that way, but I've always been bullied and picked on for my voice. Um, it was after school. I think you know the story. It was after school. There was another school called Francis Coombe that was next to St. Michael's. And the boys from that school, the black boys, because it's something that I'd say happens more. You do get white people that make comments, and I'll get onto that in a second. But um, it was the black boys that went to that school that would, like, attack me after school physically, smash my head against the bus window, just because they could sense that I wasn't a stereotype, and I'm going to say that. Because they used to pick on me and bully me because... And I would never cry. I was very calm. I was just um, very quiet about it. Always had my headphones in. And I wouldn't run away or... Do you know what I mean? I would just walk home or get the bus home and just ignore is the way. I I remember as soon as I got through my front door, I cried when that day I got on the bus, sat down... And there was a group of them outside of the bus and I was on the bus by the window and they were like, look, I've got her. Smacked my head against the bus window. Obviously, I've got a massive lump on my head. And I just sat so emotionless and so calm and didn't cry until I got home and I'd obviously got off the bus and I'd put my bag down. But they would take the piss out of me because my voice is apparently white sounding. And it's like, am I supposed to change myself and put on change my vocal cords, put on a voice and a, a accent. And I don't know, I was in school uniforms and I would always have like a River Island bag. I used to carry a handbag for a school bag. I would wear fake <laughs> eyelashes every day. I'm a very extra person. But obviously I wasn't very garish or loud with it. I was just mm. a basic bitch. But um, <laughs> I think they wanted me to like wear a full Adidas tracksuit and to just portray myself as a negative stereotype of a black person. And obviously I wasn't doing that. I was quiet um when I was on my own because I had my headphones in and obviously my voice is like this I sound exactly like my mum exactly like my mother um 
that they were just like, you want to be, they were like to me, you want to be white. You want to sound white. You're an Oreo. You're a disgrace for a black person. And they would say really nasty things to me as well, like chuck shit at me. They just didn't didn't see me as a human person. Um, and now, a couple of years after that, some of them were obviously trying to slide into my DMs on Facebook, um, trying to like, you know, come on to me at parties and stuff. And it's like, I remember that you, it was never at school, but it was walking home from school. I remember I was a bit naughty once and I had like a morning meeting with my tutor about something. My mom was like, make sure that you're like, look after yourself on your way home so it's just something I dealt with on my own and I obviously had a black best friend at the time and she would always just tell them to like fuck off when we were walking together and it was just they just absolutely hated me for existing do you see what I mean wanting to like beat me up and stuff and it's like I would just wait for you to hit me it's all show and jazz like I never even spoke to these people properly ever it was just once one person said something and just picked out like oh she looks a bit I feel like she's this way or they may have heard me talk to my friend and heard my voice that they all just piled on but I I've never looked at because I remember that first year of college doing print journalism in the class we were in I was my best friends with the two boys I would say obviously I was friends with the girls in the class but Alex and Reese were like my besties and Reese is black oh, I miss them. that was <laughs> such a cute little click that we had yeah um, it was really cute but from those experiences I'm just like I see a lot of other black people will be like I know you've got like people like Dr Umar Johnson and I yeah. understand some of the things that he's saying I just think he's a bit nuts he's very entertaining I love to watch his compilations on YouTube and have a lovely like I have a whale of a time. I have a good giggle. I stayed up one weekend until 4am watching his a video of his compilation of his funny moments. <laughs> but I think the way that we look at each other and we're like, oh my God, that person's white. It can be very damaging. But from my experiences, it, that all happened to me when I was, what, 12 to probably 15. Sometimes it happened when I was 16. But it always, I was always like, this is who I am. Why the fuck am I going to change to make you guys happy? It, I, I knew from a young age that if I was constantly trying to please other people with my appearance or just me as a person, just changing certain aspects in order to be accepted and to be liked, I would have to change on a daily basis because everybody has a different opinion of how they want me to be. And I just, at that age, it in my rebellion, obviously just staying silent through everything, it was just, fuck you, this is who I am. Obviously, yeah. I'm one of these people that I do like rock music. I like alternative indie music. I've always been that way. Mm. And I think as black people, we look and we're like, that's so white. And it's like, you know nothing about me. You know nothing about my heritage. You know nothing about my upbringing. You know nothing about how I move through the world as a daily person. You're just seeing a snapshot shot of me and judging me. But what I love to see now is Willow Smith doing a rock album. I'm like, yes, because now other people are going to be more... Not, now other black girls are going to be more comfortable and confident in saying, yes, I do actually like rock music. I do like this band. I do like that band. Because, um, I, well, blues and rock and everything was created by black people. But yeah. they're such a we'll, we'll negatively stereotype people for even the types of music they like. I mean, I've had guys on first dates or come up to me at bars and stuff and ask me, like, who my favourite rapper is. Obviously, I don't like Nicki Minaj. I don't like Cardi B. They are not on any of my playlists. 
but they just think like I'm supposed to be one way or I'm a, I'm supposed to like one thing or just be a is it a monolith of like every black person is supposed to be the same and I think we're yeah. all different and I'm always going to stand in my difference and I'm going to continue to just speak how I speak and use my voice because the only person I want to please at the end of the day is myself and this is why like I learned so much from you like this is why like my whole perspective on what it means to be a black person changed like what you said about you know uh, people pleasing and if you were to do that you'd literally be changing yourself every day that's something I learned in my early 20s like literally uh, there was no way at the age of 12 to 15 going through what you were going through could I have stood my ground and just been like fuck off I'm just gonna I'm gonna continue being me I would have I would have literally changed myself because no I didn't yeah like because I didn't want to deal with being singled out for being different and the joke is a lot of us were different but we would just conform to things so we would fit in and just so we could survive secondary school and that's literally why when I look back at secondary school I cringe because I literally just went into survival mode because I couldn't embrace being myself that's an interesting note I think it's I don't know from a young age I think with some of my early life experiences I've it just makes you a strong person like even when I've been through some of the toughest times in my life it's like I know it sounds people be like how can you say that about yourself but I'll be like I've been through fucking hell in the past I can Mm. literally do anything in my life and I'm just I know who the fuck I am so even at that age it'd be like I just stand in my power like worse things have happened to me like what can you actually do to me you're chucking shit at me you may be physically aggressive and physically harm me and stuff I'm just gonna sit here and take it why am I going to change to just impress you pieces of shit like no offense but I just saw them as very very unintelligent because you're portraying yourself or you want me to portray myself as a negative stereotype of a black person why am I gonna why am I gonna follow like why am I gonna do that why am I gonna be a follower why I'm just gonna be myself that's Mm. the most freeing thing anyone can can do be yourself being yourself like I'm learning that now like I'm in what my late 20s and I finally feel like I finally feel like I'm really connecting with who I am as a person and I'm not ashamed of who I am anymore like I'm happy being this flawed and complex layered person but I just felt like growing up that wasn't accepted like especially like in the schools that I went to I felt like to be to be popular or to be not seen as weird or to not have people tease you, you had to literally be like everyone else and you had to keep all the other parts of yourself hidden. And it was so annoying to that I realised that later on in life. Like, I was really frustrated with myself because does it really matter now? Like, if I think back to secondary school and all these people that I was trying to impress or all these people... Where are they now? Where the... I don't even talk to any of them like where are they so I could have just been myself (laughs) and found people that liked me for me yeah this is so true and I look back and I think where are those boys that did nasty things to me Mm. and I'm like not where I am today you know it's crazy success is the best revenge obviously um 
when I have the 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 lot, I said I was going to touch on the white people thing in the in a second, and sometimes people will say to me, um, "Your name sounds so posh, or your name sounds so white," and they're like, "Is that your re- is that really your name?" Like I I picked it myself, and I just came up with Eben Felicity Hargrove. Like I chose that name for myself and made it up. It's not really my name, and it's like, do you want me to whip out my path, uh, passport and my birth certificate so I can prove to you? Um, and I just want to, sometimes my, my reply now is, is you colonized us. That's why my name is how my name is. Cause you colonized my people and you just watch the look on their face. <laughs> um, but no, like, I don't know. I, I think it's my voice mainly. Like it really pisses me off when people have comments to make on my voice. Like I am just speaking now how words come out of my mouth. I'm not doing anything to my voice. Mm. do you see what I mean they want me to to be different or to I don't know it just pisses me off I just side-eye people like when they're like is that really your name it's like that's my grandmother's my adoptive grandmother's that was my grandfather's last name the Hargrave family people ask you that yes and they Honestly. came to Africa to spread the mes- message of Christianity. My great, uh, my granddad was a, a civil engineer and he built churches, used to blow up bridges in the war, fell in love with my mother and took her back. So it is colonization. It's, oh, wow. it's, it's colonial. So you need to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I find your family um, history so interesting. That I wanted to do a, and I, I probably, I might do it in the future, but we will see. I was mm. home for the first time in like two months last weekend, not the weekend just gone. And mm. I was like, so mom, do you want to do an audio session for Ebby online um, about your life story and about some other topics too? Because it's women's stories that, and I think because of my upbringing and because of her, I'm very much into sharing women's stories, giving women platforms, discussing, you know, informing to transform society. That's my motto of the blog. Um, (laughs) And when it came to it, I was like, I just kept feeling really anxious about it. And I was like, I am not healed enough Mm. to publish that yet. I'm not healed enough to do it. So I need some, I need like a, give me like 15 years in, no, I'm joking. Don't give me 15 years in therapy. Give me like, some more years, some more age, maybe after I have children, and then I'll publish it. I might, like, hold it and save it as a recording. Mm. Um, but I just, I couldn't even do the interview. I couldn't even do, I couldn't even do the podcast. I couldn't even do the conversation. I was like, it's too traumatic. <laughs> well, it's actually crazy the amount of uncomfortable conversations you have to have with uh, certain people in your life to actually heal from certain situations you've both experienced together or you've witnessed them go through, it's so hard. I wouldn't say I necessarily need to talk to her about everything. Obviously, I have questions that I do Mm. ask from time to time. But I really feel... I don't want to say it's my own personal healing. um, But I do feel like (laughs) the healing journey I'm on is very... It's a very, very personal one. So it is a personal healing then? Yeah. Why don't you like to say that? Because it just sounds a bit like cringe. It sounds a bit of cl- it sounds a bit cliche. Like when you said daddy issues, I was like, oh my god, that's so cliche. 
Because you know men will be like, I'm looking for a woman with daddy issues. But why are you looking, what, so they can get to her easily? Probably because she's already a bit damaged in the first place. That's how they see it. But I don't get it. So why do you want someone that's damaged? Maybe because she'll you be a bit more... Easily. Yeah, and maybe she'll be more submissive to your to you and to your manipulations. See, this is why you should never disclose to men that you have daddy issues. But then some men can just smell it. Do you think I have daddy issues? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Really? Why? No, I'm joking. <laughs> Now, we're not getting into that one today. We're not getting into that one today. But um, I don't want to say I agree with you, so I'm just not going to answer that question. I'm not going to. You don't want to say you agree with me, but you agree with me. I'm not saying. I'm not saying shit. I'm not saying anything. Oh, um. Oh, I don't know. Life life is mad so from when you well to be honest let me just think i'm just thinking back to that because we've been on we would we did our undergrad together at the same uni we're in the same class weren't we yeah we did everything together at uni it was actually mad like go get our nails done go get our nails done project together (laughs) how did you find working with me at uni because you i'm like i was at your child you had to like keep me in check I would be on the floor dancing and... <laughs> be recording you. Yeah, you would be recording. <laughs> I do, I'm still like that now with how I, I behave. I, I would say I'm quite a fun person to be around. I feel like I bring a lot of energy. But I think yeah. I'm a bit ADHD where it's like, no, I need don't, to... Rel- I don't need... diagnose yourself with ADHD. I always say I'm dyslexic And don't, don't diagnose yourself by being about being dyslexic you don't know what that means i always say i'm dyslexic when i make spelling mistakes and I, don't I just like to add the e onto the end like i'm portuguese or you know people from brazil always add the e on the end i'm dyslexic oh um it sounds cute doesn't it i'm dyslexic no, no it doesn't sound cute it sounds like you're mocking it nah no way i'm adhd <laughs> <laughs> no but um and people diagnosed don't say that you you found the work experience okay, I'm guessing. I mean, I would always be the one prancing around in front of the camera. <laughs> yeah, because, you know what, I think we balanced each other out because I was more the writer. I wasn't really the person who wanted to be in front of the camera or interviewing people. I'm not, I'm not a fan of people like that. So it was a good balance that we had. How can and you that, say that? How, how can you say you're not a fan of people like that? I'm an introvert. And you know what? It took me a long time to accept it. I used to claim that I was an ambivert, but I'm not. I'm actually a full-on introvert. I'm not a fan of people. Again, it goes back to my trust issues. I genuinely believe that there's a lot of killers out there and there's a lot of people in the world that don't want to see you do well. So I would rather... I will agree with the last one, but the way you said there's a lot of killers, I just wanted to say there's a lot of hitters. Um... (laughs) I watch too much. I watch too much like um, serial killer documentaries. And I love stuff. that. I love serial do- killer documentaries and, and chill. No, but the thing is, it just it just opens your eyes 
to the fact that serial killers could literally be your neighbor like it could literally be anyone the same with the whole predator thing i told you i was watching how to catch a predator bro you you and you and your <laughs> you and you and josh need to stop watching that because you lot are going to be moving I mad i do think you need to protect your children it's with chris <laughs> hansen isn't it it's with yeah chris, and loves it. <laughs> but but you know what what they say on there is so true about suspect everyone and like i was saying to you the other day like i suspect everyone and i don't i'm not a fan of people not because you know there's not a lot of amazing people out there or i can't make new friends or anything but i have to decide are you i have to really make sure you know who i'm letting into my circle um and into my life and into my space and into my family space is someone that could be trusted is not someone that's gonna turn around and try god forbid molest my kids or try kill me Listen, and I, take would, my life. I would not be leaving just anybody around my children. Can't, period. No. Point blank. I, I don't believe... You can't... Like, it, it makes me sick because I would happily go to prison and I would say to the judge, I killed him and I would do it again if anyone touched my child. And that's just, yeah. that's just that. Exactly. But... And also, oh, and also people, people that you meet that have children, oh my gosh, yeah, our kids are the same age. Let's have playdates or whatever have a play date what if that kid god forbid molests your kid like you have to think about these things like, and these are things that i think about so when it comes to meeting people and talking to different people i'm just not not to say that i will be completely anti like i think i'm i'm quite polite and a bit friendly but there's always going to be like a little limit until i get to know you better yeah i completely get that I think when it comes to friendships as well, you kind of, I don't want to say watch your circle, watch who you trust. But even with me releasing this podcast, we have had this conversation before. Even with me releasing this podcast, certain people didn't even congratulate me, but they were talking to me and texting me like everything was normal. Like, what are you doing? I want to, I want to see you. I want to meet up. Let's hang out. Stuff like that. Yeah. You're texting me that. But you can't even say, well, I don't even want a well done. Like, that just sounds beggy. But, like, you can't acknowledge, <laughs> you haven't acknowledged anything that I've done. Like, and to me, like, I already knew that I could only trust, I would say. I wouldn't even say trust, but I know who my real Gs are. Let's just say that. And mm -hmm. I can count them. I'd say there's, like, seven or eight of them in my life that are genuinely yeah. happy for my happiness and want the best for me in my life. Um, but some people, it's like, I don't. I was about to use a really, really, really strong, rude word, and I just checked myself. Some people are just. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> you know what I mean. Some people are just weird. Um, but yeah, protect your kids. This is what oh, scares me to have children. How you're talking about to catch a predator? I feel like you know what I. I try to be as honest as possible with all of you guys, like about motherhood and pregnancy and parenting just in general, because I wish someone told me this stuff. I really do. Like even with just this, the weird shit that happens in pregnancy, I wish someone explained like, this is how your body could change. Obviously everyone's pregnancy is different, but I'm pretty sure a lot of women have gone through like some of the stuff that I'm going through now. And I think that as well, like speaking about it will just make people a bit more mindful about who they lay down with because 
honestly, like, it's not a joke. Like, who you're parenting with is important. Like, who you lay down with is, like, you're stuck with them. Like, you're actually stuck with them. And this person has to help you raise a kid and you guys have to kind of be on the same page or at least sort of on the same page or have some sort of balance when it comes to parenting. It's wild because I feel like some certain people don't actually even think that ever. They don't, because I didn't. They don't ever think that. Yeah, I didn't think of that. So that's why I'm screaming it now. Like, No, how can you say you never thought that? I didn't, like, honestly, because I was just, I wasn't thinking beyond me. I wasn't thinking of Josh as someone, oh, I was thinking he was a good boyfriend and I'm in love with him and he's in love with me and we have something great. But I wasn't thinking, is he a good father, would he be a good father or would he be a good husband? Maybe I don't know why, maybe I just wasn't, I don't know what it is, but I was just thinking of the moment we were in, at like, then. And it just so happened that he did turn out to be an amazing dad. He's the dad I wish I had. And when I see my daughters have that, it makes me so emotional because it's like, wow, this is possible. (laughs) And that sounds pretty sad, but it's true. So, like, that's... I I literally, like, put that down to luck. That's luck. Yeah. That has to be luck. I don't... I want... There are good men out there. Do you see what I mean? You see, see, even when you're saying men are trash, I'm always like, no, 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 no. So you need to take that back. <laughs> what you said earlier, you need to take that back right now because obviously men are not no. that trashy to you. <laughs> no, I stand by it. Men are, are trash and men are scary, but I'm not obviously saying all men. I'm just saying the men that I've met, the men in my life, because at the end of the day, I can only speak about what I've seen and what I've experienced. I can never talk about another person's experience or a group of people's experiences but when it comes to the men in my life and the men that I've seen they're trash and I will sing that with all my heart so what but... re- what relationship or dating advice would you give the listeners slash me right now um keep your legs closed bust it open no no skin no, no, out, no, no, no. Off Actually, no enjoy yourself if you want to like obviously live your life but I would say deal with um, not deal with I would say learn not learn what is the right word Eben I don't know what the word I'm trying to say is okay so I would say heal your inner child because everything that you are dealing with personally when you start your life with someone and I don't know maybe move in with the person or you get into a really really serious relationship all of the stuff that you think you're suppressing and you're dealing with fine by not confronting is going to come out in your relationship everything and it could make or break it it could be you could be lucky enough to have someone who's also dealing with their own shit and you guys work together to heal not heal each other but heal yourselves to be better for each other be better for yourselves be better for your future family or it could tear the relationship apart and you there's no guarantee what's like which side of your partner you're gonna get whether you're gonna get the fighter or you're gonna get the person that you know, takes a step back, it's too much, this is too intense, I can't deal with this, because it all depends on, on you know, them, and if, you know, they're having their own issues, internal battles that they're dealing with. Like, there's so many, there's so many things that can happen, but I would say, love yourselves, and heal your inner child, and 
look after yourselves first. There's a reason why people say, you know, that you have to, you know, learn to put yourself first and prioritize yourself and learn to do that before you get into a relationship. It's not just for you. It's actually for your partner as well. Yeah. The best version of yourself for yourself and for your partner and your future family if you do decide to have a family. How can women avoid creepy men? Boy. I don't even know with that one because they're everywhere. And they disguise themselves as normal men. And this is the thing. I don't I don't think there's a way to truly avoid them. I think there's just a way to recognize red flags like 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 you were saying before about listening to your gut and knowing when to leave like that is a really really important thing you need to know when to leave and I don't know how I can't generalize and speak for women in general like about how they deal with their emotions but someone like me who tends to get you know caught up in their feelings and stuff I tend to put that above any red flags that might be like cropping up. So I would say if you tend to be the person who kind of puts their emotions first and puts how they feel about the person first to and ignores or glosses over red flags, I would say just learn to be more in tune with yourself and trust yourself that you're right the first time because you don't want it to to progress. You don't want your feelings to deepen. You don't want, you know, the relationship to get more serious and then it's harder for you to leave the attachment's already there you're going to keep going back and forth back and forth back and forth maybe seeking closure and I genuinely believe closure doesn't exist in the person that you're trying to seek it with like it exists in yourself being honest and saying okay now it's time to move on that's the only closure you need so I would definitely say learn to trust yourself and know when to leave Mm. But then it's hard because men always come back. Me and you have both experienced this. They just this pop the back thing. up. Yeah, and that's when you have to, again, you need to trust yourself enough to ignore it. Like, don't fall for it because I was the person who fell for it over and over again. And it was always the same outcome. Always. Yeah. So, yeah, Definitely. Can you shout out for me your socials where people can find you and, you know, where they can read some of your stuff? Um, so all my social handles are the same at Paige Farla, P-A-I-G-E-V-A-H-L-A. Um, and you can read my blogs and ramblings about adulthood and parenting and all that good stuff on www.pagebarla.com Thank you for listening. Please tune in next week Monday for a new guest and a new exciting topic. Feel free to check out more of my content at ebbyonline.com.